welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, where we are down to one pea, your host, Laura Morrell. A podcast where no conversation is off topic. Welcome back to Two Peas in a Podcast, and I have yet again another very special guest. This guest is not only one of my closest friends, she's also a fellow health coach. And I'm excited to have this conversation with her because we're going to be talking about navigating breakups. So please welcome Sig Fisher. Welcome. Hello. Hi, guys. Hey, babe. Good to be here. Good for you to be here. So the funny thing is, like, I messaged Sig, was it yesterday or the day before? The day before. The day before. There you go. I was pretty organized. So we know at this podcast, I don't plan things. It's a conversation, nothing scripted. And I literally didn't even tell you the topic until last night. <laughs> literally, yeah. And I gave you no questions, no. but I really, because you're one of my close girlfriends too, our banter and conversation always just flows. And I thought a really powerful topic could be talking about navigating breakups. And the reason I thought this would be a really good topic, because I am sensing a lot of change for a lot of people. And even with my clients, there is a little bit of a theme of change and breakups is one of the biggest changes you go through in life. Like I think it's within the top four. Mm. I think the other ones, do you know the other ones? I think it's moving house. Isn't it um, career, change of career, career, changing career, breakups and money. It might be money. Probably money, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the bugbear for everyone. So, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, I thought you'd be a great person to talk, you know, to about this because we've all had our fair share of breakups and we'll dive into our own stories, but I thought it could be a little bit of a conversation to give you some tips and advice on how to navigate it if you are going through it. Mm, yeah, I love talking about this stuff. Um just as, as a disclaimer, I am no dating coach. Oh, either am I. <laughs> we yes. are not dating coaches. No. So whatever you take, take with a grain of salt. If it is helpful for you, awesome. If it's not, then, you know, thank you for listening anyway. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I am. dating is so relatable to uh, fitness and health journey because it literally, yeah, it, it affects our mindset with everything that we do not only you know during okay so like everyone who's been through a breakup knows that it's really hard to overcome it and to heal from it depending on what the situation was you know it's very like the minimal percentage of people that go through a breakup which has been you know nice and mutual but most of the time you have those hard conversations with your partner and then you go your separate ways and then that's when you start grieving the breakup and grieving takes a lot of fucking effort um for some people a lot of time as well and that's one thing that a lot of people don't tell you Mm. it's so true and like when you like define grieving so grieving is something we do when we feel a loss so like when I lost my grandparents like I was grieving but you also grieve a relationship because it is a loss at the same time so you know, I think it is about being kind to yourself that you are in mourning mm. and you want to be able to navigate that in a healthy way, but at the same time, recognize your emotions and be okay with that mourning. Yeah, I totally agree with that. That would be like my number one tip 
is that you have to grieve whether you're like a strong independent woman and you're like oh my god no man's gonna make me cry it's just like yeah he's gonna make you cry or she's gonna make you cry whatever partner um you were with you need to give yourself that time to grieve because that's something that no one tells you after a breakup it's literally as if someone has turned out the turned off the lights in your brain like it's so personal it's not linear you'll go through the ebbs and flow there's no particular timeline or a schedule when you're gonna you know overcome that grief for some people it may take a year for some people it may take two months you know it just it literally depends on the person i remember when i first um my recent breakup which was what like six seven months ago Mm. i reckon for a good oh my god laura what was it like three four months oh yeah about maybe about four months four months i was like angry i felt empty i was always crying i felt really depressed um and literally could not find anything to beat myself like to to fill myself i mean because i ended up beating myself down because i was wanting for that grieving process to stop and start like you know in quotations heal and i think why you're so inspiring is because you are also like talk a lot about mindset and help women with mindset. So you're all across mindset. You're all across emotions. You're very emotionally switched on, but you got hit hard too because you're a human. So, and one thing you said before, actually, you were talking about like um, being a strong woman. Like some people might um, want to feel like I'm a strong woman, no man will make me cry. But I also think a strong woman has emotions. Yes. And a strong woman should be vulnerable. And a strong woman should feel hurt at times because you're a human. And I think that is important to not bypass that part of a process where like, yes, you can be strong, but I do think strong doesn't mean distracting emotions or trying to hold it in. I think strong means picking yourself up when you're at your lowest moving on with your life when you're at your lowest, feeling things when you're at your lowest, learning how to navigate that. I think that's what definition of strong is rather than I'm not going to let anyone make me cry. And do you know what I mean? So maybe we can help women redefine that version or that definition of strong. Yes, I absolutely love it. Because these. you are a strong freaking woman, let me tell you, because you <laughs> are. <laughs> we, we, we all are, and I love that you mentioned referring back to that strong independence because you know from a young age we get told that as women we have to be independent and you know take care of ourselves and so on but sometimes it can be quite toxic for females to understand that because if you're constantly feeling independent but not wanting to rely on on others that is some form of trauma that is in your life and it's not a really healthy relationship to have within yourself so yeah independence can come in various ways and also strength and i love that you mentioned that because from that strength whatever you you know overcome that's how you learn and that's how you grow a lot from it yeah could not agree more and like i've well i've had two serious relationships one of them was hard because i was younger it was what did what I say I was in love look probably not it was definitely infatuation and it was a long-term relationship but there was a lot of betrayal involved there's a lot of lying there's a lot of cheating on his behalf not mine 
And the deal breaker for me was finding out that he had slept with someone else. And that was my final straw because it had happened a few times. That was my final straw. And so that was a harder breakup. Like I found that hard. Whereas, and this is going back, God, this is when I was in my early twenties. Whereas I had, oh my God, I can't remember before Bill, I was in a relationship and this would have been like four, four and a half years ago. And that was so easy to walk away because it was so toxic. I probably grieved and mourned the relationship two years before I should have walked away. So I've been through the hard, heavy breakup where I felt, and this is how I was explaining it to you the other day, like it was like a crack had turned into a whole earthquake and then not just my relationship was affected, it affected my whole other, all my other aspects of life, my friendships, my work. Like I just felt like I fell into this big heap, whereas I did have a, a healthier breakup on the last one. Again, healthier on my terms, maybe not him, but it was because I'd mourned. So for me, walking away was easy. I mean, the rebuilding and change was hard, but ultimately I knew it was so time for me to go that I had already done, dealt with that loss. So I've had a hard one and I've kind of had an easier one where I was like, yeah, this is so right. See you later. Bye. <laughs> those, those are the kind of good breakups because like, even though you said it's easier, it's still a little bit tough on us to, you know, separate ourselves from that situation, but it wasn't as hurtful as the first, like the, the first long-term one that you had. Yeah, exactly right. So I think there's different types of of breakups as well. There can be ones that are more emotional, ones where you're like, oh, my God, I was just so dumb. So, mm -hmm. you know, this advice or tips that we give, uh, it's, it's got to be more general because every breakup is just so different. And then every, if you, like every relationship you break up with, you're different. You've grown. So I was so much more mature in that breakup than I was my first breakup. So maybe that aided it, aided in making it a little bit easier, but no breakup is easy. No. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's freaking tough. And I remember being the lowest of lows when I've broken up with people before. And like, fingers crossed, I don't have to do it again. Like, fingers crossed, Bill, you're the one. <laughs> Bill, don't leave her side. <laughs> you're never going anywhere. You're stuck with me. Um, but let's get into some advice. So yeah. I think one thing is lean on your friends. Mm. Probably the most underestimated one because we kind of don't want to reach out. And I felt like that's something I struggled with when I was going through my breakups. Like I didn't want to burden anyone. I didn't want to feel like I was on repeat um, and having to like retell. Like I just didn't want to burden anyone by like, if I had to call them 10 times in a week saying the same thing again, I didn't want to be that burden. So I think that's, yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, I totally agree with that. Cause I'm some, I'm one of those people who, is happy to give yeah but i i have a tendency of being scared of asking for help because i don't want to be that person who's constantly reaching out so i usually sit back and i'll just wait for people to reach out to me which is not a healthy way of doing things because you know as a coach i always tell my clients if you need help you ask for it yeah. people can't read your mind you know there's so much that someone can reach out to you and see how you're doing but at the end of the day if you're not okay yeah. you know reach out to your girlfriends or your parents or whoever is in within your your little um you know bubble yeah like make, making them realize hey like 
do you have the time of day right now? I'm not doing okay. You know, are you, do you have that space for me to, to vent or just to talk? And I think it'll, it'll test your relationships too. Like who's generally there for you. Yes. So one yeah. thing I always say to one of my girlfriends is, we don't want to be there just in the happy times. Like your girlfriends are there for you, even in your lowest times. That's what a friendship is. And it's taken me a long time to get to where I am today, but I am first to put my hands up and say to my girlfriends, oh my God, I'm just having a freaking week. (laughs) Can we please just catch up? Like, and let's just chat because one chat and just someone holding space for you can completely change how you feel. 100%. I think holding space is a big thing. Just having friends that can hold space for you, let you talk and let you just be without judgment. I think that's really important. Yeah. And you know what? If you don't feel comfortable with the circle of friends that you have right now, because I know many people are not as lucky as us, then reach out to um, a therapist or a professional counselor who will be able to help you to deal and cope with your emotions because take it from my advice you don't want to be sitting within your own emotions day in day out because you would literally just do your fucking head in you do and your brain's not rational especially when you've got downright not to get too scientific but when you've got downregulated emotions from high stress like that part of the brain that down regulates is your prefrontal cortex. That part of the brain controls rational thought. So when you have higher stress, straight away, your rational thought goes out the window and you're more irrational. So then you're thinking, oh my God, X, Y, Z. Then that leads into another thing. That leads into another thing. Then all of a sudden you're questioning your job, your relationships, who you are. <laughs> and you're all of a sudden in a hole thinking you're the worst person in the world. When all that really happened was you dropped your coffee. <laughs> so, literally. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes, and that even happened to me on Monday. So I'm having a more stressful week leading up to going away. And I've, I think I spoke about this on a lot of the last podcast I recorded, but Polo decided to eat all the sugar, spill sugar everywhere in it, pee in it. And then, of course, I had to spend two hours cleaning and walking him because he was so hyper. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my God, I have so much work to do. Oh, my God, I'm not going to be able to get all done. And then this whole spiral happened until I caught myself and I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Your dog peed in a pile of sugar. It's not <laughs> the end of the world. <laughs> like, But because I had heightened stress, I knew I was being more irrational mm-hmm. and my problems, maybe I lost a bit of perception. And perception is actually one thing I will talk about because I was – on my walk today and I had a, an idea of I was trying to find a way to communicate how our perception can change how we feel. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know what, you know, when you watch a really good show and you're like, oh, my God, there's only four minutes left and you get sad because you're like, oh, my God, there's only like four minutes left. There's only two minutes left and I'm really sad. But then if you're doing a plank hold for two minutes, that's the longest two minutes in the world. But it's the same amount of time. Yeah. And the only difference is perception. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes when we are more stressed and our rational thought is somewhat downregulated, I do think like, even when I broke up with my last partner, I was seeing a psych for a while mm-hmm. because I almost downplayed the trauma that came from that relationship. <laughs> and you know the full story. Yeah. And it's kind of comical now that <laughs> we look back at it. But at the time, I didn't realize the trauma and the emotional baggage that I walked away from. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm done. I don't want a boyfriend again. 
And then I hit a few rock bottoms where I was like, see, like, what the hell? And then dealing with, um, chatting with my, my psych, I realized, yeah, there was emotional manipulation. There was all this other stuff that I just did not realize. So I do think having someone, whether a friend or, you know, like on the episode of Sex in the City saying, um, we're like the non-paid psychologists <laughs> when Carrie was breaking up with Big. <laughs> so, yes, I think it's important to have friends to bet, but I also think, you know, you don't want to also emotionally dump on your friends all the time when maybe they're not in the right headspace. So yes. it's also important, I think, to know where your friends are at mm-hmm. and maybe if they're not in the right headspace, maybe make sure you do have that other support network of seeing a psych as well 100% yeah I totally agree with that and on that topic regarding um asking help from friends you need to ask them kindly if they have the space or the emotional capacity to support you right now instead of you literally just going oh my god I'm having the worst day and like like literally just pushing all this fucking bad bad um bad vibes on you bad vibes. <laughs> yeah and you're not you're not even realizing that you're emotionally dumping on someone who yep. may be experiencing a really shitty day mm-hmm. and that drains that person's energy so yeah we have to be more mindful these days and you know what i used to do that in the past as well i would literally just reach out to people without even going like hey how are you i'd just be like oh my fucking god this happened and that happened da, 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 without even realizing are they at an emotional capacity right now to support me. You know, I was very selfish when now, because of all my experiences, I know how to deal with my emotions. I know how to cope it. But when I'm feeling, you know, sad and emotional, I have a lot of insight into my personality where I can ask that question of that person going, hey, do you have five minutes? Um, I'm not feeling well. Only if you have that, you know, energy capacity to to chat. And can confirm you do do that, like even going through that last breakup. Um, excuse me for one second, Polo's tangled in courts. This is what I mean by stress that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Good old Polo. This is what I mean by this podcast is such a free-flowing conversation. Um, he tangled himself in all the laptop charges that were stuck. Um, but I can confirm that something you have really improved on because you would always check to see if I was in a good place to be able to hold that space for you. Mm. Um, And I think that is important in a friendship because, you know, I've had friendships even recently in the past where I've actually walked away from because it was such an emotional dump. And I think I spoke about this in the friendship um, episode, but I just felt every conversation this person called me up for, it was just an emotional dump talking about herself but no checking in and it does get to you after a while so I think that's such a valid point to just check in with the other person 100% and you know what that's also a lesson for us to be a little bit aware of our social environment Mm -hmm. because if you have if you constantly have people in your life who are literally just dumping their shit on you and you're letting them do that that's on you so Again, you need to look at what changes you need to make within your life. And again, just like a breakup, when you walk away from a breakup, maybe sometimes you need to walk away from that friendship as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a that's a powerful message. One thing I will say too is 
knowing when to walk away from a relationship, like what would your signs for thinking about walking away be? Oh, that's a really good question. Okay, so the obvious, if there's a red flag of toxic behaviour, manipulation, um, physical or emotional form of abuse, um, if you're constantly giving but they're not giving back to you. Um, But, again, that could also be... um, well, I guess they would walk away if you're constantly taking and you're, yeah. you're not giving back to them. What else? Oh, my God. I think, yeah. Definitely the obvious, cheating, betrayal. Yes. <laughs> I yes. definitely think, um, you know, if you've spoken about it and the trust is gone. But I, I just think when you're left to feel questioning about yourself, like I do mm-hmm. feel a relationship and this is, um, like I definitely don't think we're saying walk away if you don't have this. I think this is more improve on this if this is happening to you and then assess from there but I think you should feel good in your relationship you should feel confident your partner should fill you up your partner should really be able to bring out your confidence in yourself like they should be that best friend support partner I think that's really important a hundred percent i totally agree with that a big one also is well as you said like feeling uncertain where you stand within your relationship but also keeping secrets yes that's a big one yeah if you don't feel comfortable enough to talk to your partner about something Mm. i think that's a red flag yeah like you want to be coming home or you know when you see your your partner and be like oh my god this was such an amazing day. I did blah, 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 blah. If you feel that hesitation of not being not being sure to share your wins with them, then they're not the one. 100%. And I feel like in my past relationships, that was a massive thing. Yeah, I've had that too. Yeah. And it's you don't realise at the time how toxic it is. But now that I look back, there was probably a very lack of communication. It was like two separate people, not sharing your wins, not sharing your struggles. At the end of the day, I don't know what sort of was holding us together. Um, It must have been just that fear of change, I guess. So I think that's a a really big one. Um, Yeah, I I really like that. I feel like you should be comfortable enough. And and even to this day with Bill, like if something little happens, I'll call him and be like, babe, this is, or send him a voice voice note if he's at work. This happened, da-da-da, and he'll do the same. And we just communicate with each other throughout the day or when he gets home and just share those wins. I think that's a really valid point. Mm, Yeah, definitely. Powerful. Maybe I feel like you should be my boyfriend. We've been in the best relationship. Bye, Bill. (laughs) You're out, Bill. Sigs in. (laughs) But sometimes I think that about my friendships. I'm like, how much easier would it be if we didn't have to look for a, a partner like in that sense, but your best friends were just enough for you. Do you know what I mean? Like that would be the ultimate. It sounds weird when I say it. I I can relate to that, definitely. But like your friendships, like they support you. They make you feel confident. They're there for you. Like they're everything you want in a relationship. Maybe not the sexual stuff. No, no, unless (laughs) that's what you're into. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny. But No no judgment here. No judgment at all. But I think... um. Another really good point to navigating through a breakup would be 
really trying to do the work on finding yourself because I think like from my past experience and let me know yours, you can kind of lose yourself a little bit because a whole part of you was a partner. You were so-and-so's partner and you would do things throughout the day as a partner. So you kind of lose your sense of self. Mm. And so now you have to learn who you are, not being that person's partner. And I think that can be really hard. So I think it is about making sure, and this is why journaling can be really important. Like, what are your strengths? What do you love? Mm. What do you like to do? Just find out more about yourself. Mm, I love that because not the pre, not this previous relationship that I was in, but the one previous to that was a, another long-term relationship. And looking back, I was like a massive people pleaser and I dependent on other people. So I lost my independence in that relationship. And then when that when we broke up, yeah. I was just like, what do I do with myself? Like, I've been with this person for this X amount of years. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I like because I was constantly wanting to please them and I was doing what they wanted to do, which then took a real hard turn going, well, Sig, what do you actually enjoy? And I didn't fucking know what I wanted to do back then. But with the recent um, breakup that I've had, it also taught me that in relationships, yes, you can be dependent on one another. Well, not not codependent, but yeah. dependent together, but also having your independence separately because uh, that will be a slightly easier way for you to, you know, to, to heal within that process and you'll be able to find an amazing strength back into, into your life. Yeah, I think that's so powerful and it kind of sparked a, a topic as well because, when you're also breaking up with someone, you're also losing your routine, aren't you? Yes. You might have had your Saturday brunches with that person or Sunday stroll to the market and then your, you know, weekday dinners together. So all of a sudden, yes, you're you're mourning this person, but then you've got to create a new routine. And I think like just going from my past experiences, it would have been, you know, the more like Saturday rituals you had, you kind of feel a bit empty when you wake up on a Saturday and you're like, oh, well, what do I do now? Mm. yeah I love that 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 can be a hard one to navigate because you do have to find that new routine yeah it is is challenging but we also want to flip that challenge into a positive because that way you'll start appreciating a little bit more of the stuff that you want to be doing maybe that relationship held you back from moving away or maybe it held you back from finding a new career or trying a new hobby or getting to spend time spend more time with your friends and family like obviously i don't know the dynamics of the breakup but Mm. from every it's like yin and yang from every sadness there's going to be a um a happiness from it and from whatever negative comes the positive i love that i really do because if we flip that it's like what can you do now you can do anything you want on Saturday morning. <laughs> if you want to sleep in until 12 o'clock, guess what, sister? You freaking can. <laughs> if you want to, you know, go for a swim at 6 a.m., if you want to, you know, whatever it might be, like you have the world. If you want to go for a day drive on your own or with friends, there's so much that, yes, we feel like, like oh, I've lost that routine, but it's also like, but you can gain a new one that yeah. m- maybe more aligns with you even more. Yeah. Definitely, 100%. And you know what? It teaches us a little bit more to love and hold that space for ourselves. Yeah. 
to actually be okay to be on your own because how many people do you speak to and they're like i just i don't know what to do with myself i feel bored uh, i don't want to stay within my thoughts but you know what they're your greatest teachers like it's going to teach you so much about your personality about your wants about your needs and that way for that next relationship that you step into you'll know exactly who you are as a person and you know what type of relationship you're wanting Absolutely. I think that's a really powerful thing. I think women do need to do that work of knowing exactly who they were, who they are, exactly what they want. Because I felt coming out of my last relationship, I was in the whole, um, I always spoke about this in the last podcast with Bill. I was like, I don't need no man. <laughs> like, I just want to be focused on my career. I'm done with the emotions. But what I learned from that, because I spent a bit of time on my own, building up my own life, building up my business. And it was really nice having that time on my own because I worked out who I was. I worked out what I wanted. I worked out what I wanted in a relationship. And I worked out like, I don't want to have two separate people. Like I want to be two independent people that kind of mold together. So more communication, like we talked about before, celebrating the wins. And I think the, the, biggest blessing I had was spending that time on my own in between a relationship to figure that out to to work out exactly what I want and then I was so ready for that next relationship and fun fact I said no to Bill and I I was really open with this on the last podcast about three or four times I said no to him because I was like nah I'm not done on my own journey like I just needed more time to be with just me And that was the best thing I did because then I ended up asking him out when I was ready. Mm. And he said, yeah. I think think that's so um, powerful because people tend to, you know, still grieve a relationship and whether they go on dates or find another person along the way, they're trying to fill that void Mm -hmm. that, you know, they're not wanting to step into. And that, that can be quite toxic, not only for yourself, but, into going into that next relationship because are you going into that relationship because you're wanting to be with that person or is it because you are not facing your own fucking demons and can't be on your own absolutely and i wrote two two words just then comparison and replacement Mm. because i think if if you don't spend that time getting to know what you want getting to know who you are as a person what your future looks like i think it can be easy to just compare x to x yeah meaning like comparing your exes to your your new partner. And I think that can be really dangerous territory because that leads into just replacing. And as you said, filling that void Mm -hmm. and you don't want to just replace the last partner. Like you want to do that work. So there's nothing missing. There's no void to be filled. And that person's just an addition in your life rather than a replacement. So I think we want to add, not replace. (laughs) That's the key takeaway here. A hundred percent. And I love the fact that you brought that up because, you know, I have been with partners in the past who have cheated on me, just like yourself. Mm. So to go into a new relationship, you can't hold on to the past of what happened with that ex when you enter a new relationship thinking this partner is going to cheat on me as well or thinking of the worst possible. You know, as humans, we do think of the the negative before we think of the positive. But if you're taking all that um, baggage with you from that old relationship into that new one, guess what? It's going to set you up for failure and you're going to have really shitty dynamics with that per- with that new partner. And it's almost like a self-sabotage behaviour. And one thing Bill yes. actually said to me early on was like, I can't believe how like trusting you are because he knows everything about my exes and he's like, 
based on all of that, you should be a freaking mess. Like you should be not trusting me. Like you should be what he would perceive as a typical um, girl with baggage. But Mm -hmm. because I had done that work, I had healed. I didn't, I wasn't replacing. So there wasn't going to be the same little ticking time bombs that there were in the, the old relationships. It was like, you know what? You were an addition to my life. It's a fresh start. I don't come holding my old past trauma because I've dealt with it. So why would I have trust issues with you when you've given me no reasons to? So I think sometimes what can be really powerful is, you know, like like we've been talking about, spending time on your own. Yeah. And, oh, my God, I even spoke about Mel again. I'm going to speak about Mel again, my amazing client. I talked about her in the last episode too. But I think, you know, she brought up a good point where it's like, she just wanted to going through her health journey and going through her, her um, trying to make some really sustainable changes. So you realize maybe I have to lessen the dating scene at the moment. Yeah. Really focus on building who I am and building my habits and just put dating on the back burner a little bit or, or, you know, just lessen the dating scene so I can really focus on me. And I thought that was really powerful. Mm -hmm. I think it takes a woman to say, you know what, right now is not the right time. I just need to do me. I just need to focus on me and it's not selfish. No, it's not selfish at all. It's a very um, powerful way of looking at yourself, but also at life. Again, like as we mentioned back to the first point, like grieving takes time, you know, there's there's no rush. If you're not ready to go back into the dating scene, don't. Don't feel pressurised because people are telling you what to do. You need to listen to your own instincts. Yeah. And as a woman, you have that fucking superpower of listening to your intuition. If something doesn't feel right, guess what? It's not right. 100%. So true. So talking about like dating again. What would your advice be for women who have broken up with a partner when to start dating? Like, what would you say is, yep, that's when you know you're ready? Or is it too soon? Well, it's such an interesting topic to talk about because I've only gotten back into the dating scene after six months. Some yeah. people will be like, oh, my God, that's so soon. But some people are like, oh, you've taken so Waited long. that long? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like why are you waiting so long? I've had girlfriends who have broken up with their partners and two months later they found someone new. Right. So, again, like it really depends on the person and where you are in your own sense of self yeah. and the, the way you're, you're grieving and healing. Again, like healing you can heal from a past relationship as you enter a new one like there's no as i mentioned going back to the first point there's no timeline of you being ready it's like it's a perfect example when we get clients for our you know coaching um our coaching uh programs you know they'll be like oh i'm finally ready to do it it's just like you're never going to be ready yeah you just need just need to take the first step and then just go for it. And if it doesn't feel right, guess what? You can just leave that relationship and go on to another one or start dating other men. So, so be it. So yeah, I would, I would just definitely have that big girl conversation with yourself and be like, am I ready to go on dates and ask yourself, am I looking to fill a void or is it actually something that I'm wanting to pursue and ready to, you know, be someone's partner? I love that. Because one thing I do tell my clients is 
nothing changes if nothing changes, right? We, we know that. It's a pretty famous quote. But when we actually break that down, one piece of advice I always give is, you know what? Trial it. So this could be whether they want to change your behavior with food, right? I would say, I want you to trial it. And this is what I call like a circuit breaker. Try it for three days. Mm. If it's not working for you, go back to your old habit. So it's like, try dating. If it doesn't work out for you and you're like, I'm not ready, go back to your single life. Go back to looking after yourself. But you know what? You dabbled in it. You realize the water's too cold, the water's too hot and come straight back out. And that is okay. And I think I think everyone, yeah, as to your point, I think it's just so person dependent. I mean, as I said, I said no to dating for quite some time <laughs> and Bill was very persistent because I just didn't feel ready. And everyone was like, oh, you, you know, oh my God, he likes you. I feel so high school right now. But I was like, I just was not ready. I just did not feel ready to be able to give a lot of energy to someone else Mm. to make compromises. I didn't want to make compromises. I was like, you know what? I just want to just solely do what I want to do at that time. So I think you can say no to dating. You can not be ready and you'll, I think you'll intuitively know when you're like, you know what, I'm ready to start getting to know people and take the pressure off. Maybe that's a really good tip as well. Because I remember in the past, I felt like there was so much pressure to find the right person, um, you know, to have these epic dates. And I was like, just take the pressure off. Go potentially like go in there just with the intention of going, getting to know someone versus actually dating them so maybe like even switching that mindset can be really powerful and I know that was a really big thing that helped me with Bill because I didn't want a relationship but I was like I'm open to a friendship and I was happy to get him to get to know him as a friend for a long time before I was ready and that kind of took the pressure off dating and that all trauma coming back and the whole dating scene again and getting hurt so I think that's that could be a really helpful mindset shift hundred percent. I totally agree with that. And there's two ways of looking at dating. You either look at the easier side of things or the harder side of things. And if you're in that mindset, oh my God, dating is so hard. I'm never going to find the right person, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, maybe that's not the right time for you to start dating. But if you're looking at dating more in a lighter way, as you said, Laura, um, maybe it is time for you to start putting yourself out there a little bit more and have fun. And drop those expectations because you know as we get older women in their 30s dating is is completely different to when you were in your 20s you know 100 percent. how would you say that's different for you well i know what i want i know who i am as a person and i know my core values when it comes to human connection so if i'm having a conversation with a guy and i literally just don't feel aligned with uh our lives like we don't have common um ways of you know enjoy enjoying our lifestyles then that's a red fucking flag for me or um yeah i'd I'd say that is like one of the main ones and small talk i can't stand (laughs) small talk and you know what miserable today isn't it yeah seriously like when people approach me on um on a on the dating app they'll be like Hey, how was your day? And I'm like, really? Like, like good. Seriously, <laughs> like, what am I supposed? Like, how am I going to elaborate to this about you when I've never spoken to you? Yeah. So, 
I even say it on my profile. I go, I do not do small talk. So yeah. when I get guys who approach me and do that, I was just like, no, this is not. Who has time for small talk? You know what? No, if I was dating right now, um, obviously I'm in a very committed relationship, but if I was to put my dating hat on, I would have no time for small talk. Like, wouldn't have the time in the day for it. So I would, I would probably be the worst person to try and date <laughs> because I probably just wouldn't reply. But I think that's a great point too, because if I think back to my early twenties and dating, you'd kind of mold to the person because you want them to like you yeah. because you don't really know who you are. So you try and have the same interests. But I think once you really know yourself, especially like I, I probably was around 27, 28. I really knew who I was much more now, but there was no molding. It was like, well, this is who I am. I know what I want. If we've got different interests, so be it. Can I see this working? No, you're a little bit more cutthroat than I think, you know, in your early 20s. And it's not a bad thing at all. I think it's no, cutting, no, no. cutting through the bullshit. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, it's, it's literally like a lie detector. Right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. It's so true. But I always say because I just wonder how it would be dating it, like on because I haven't done dating apps and I'm always curious to see what I would be like. And I don't think, I think it's like almost a skill you have to learn how to do as well. <laughs> yeah, I reckon you'd get frustrated, to be honest, because I get frustrated. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. But um, I think we covered, look, and again, we are no relationship experts. Um, we're not psychs. We are purely just two friends with a big passion for health, fitness, and mindset. So we are just giving some general advice based off our own past experiences. So this is definitely more for entertainment than really helping you to make big life-changing decisions. But hopefully it has sparked uh, a little bit of something to help you think a little bit more or give you courage to do something and just to change things up a little bit. If you are feeling in a rut or if in a rut or if you are struggling with, you know, um, navigating through a breakup as well. Anything else before we finish up? No, just you do you, boo, and listen to that intuition. Absolutely. And I told you, like, this is why we don't need to have set questions because I knew I know when I talk to you, it's just going to be exactly like our phone calls. Yeah, <laughs> this, basically, just basically, we're just having our normal conversation, but we recorded it and called it a podcast. So this is what I love about Sue. Um, <laughs> so she's definitely going to be joining us again in future episodes on various topics because I feel like you're just such an insightful person. And because we have that relationship, I feel like it, I just want people to feel like this is they're a part of this friendship, talking with us, bantering with us, communicating with us and just having a conversation because I, I feel that's what people miss out on the most is just feeling connected. So mm -hmm. thank you so much for joining us. We cannot wait to chat with you again. So thank you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much, ladies, for listening and we will catch you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.